The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. With us today on Top of the Stretch, a gentleman who is a trainer, a driver, and has kind of reinvented ownership in harness racing. <laughs> Anthony McDonald talking to us from his training center in Ontario. Anthony, welcome to today's edition of Top of the Stretch. Well, thanks for having me. Last year with COVID-19 had to affect your operation, being stable basically in Canada and racing horses in Ohio. Uh, What were some of the restrictions put on you during the racing season? Uh, I mean, Firstly, it was very difficult for me to get across the border to start with. Uh, As the summer went on, I was granted an exemption where I could come back to Canada without quarantining, but it was still a little cumbersome to get back and forth. And um, my family, I I was deemed essential because we had a stable in Ohio, but my family couldn't come with me. So it really put a strain on on my family life at home and, um, you know, our our daily operations. Usually I'm back and forth quite a bit and, checking in with everybody but for the most of the for most of the summer I was relegated to Pennsylvania and Ohio which wasn't bad but at the same time it would have been uh, it, it was still extremely stressful you know without your clients being able keep in mind most of our clients are, are grassroots type people so without them being able to come out to the racetrack and cheer on their horses and see their horses and and talk to us it really diminishes the overall experience so it, it definitely, I'd be lying if I said it didn't, uh, it didn't play a negative role, that's for sure. And I think it, it's, it's difficult to talk about because, I mean, everybody went through such a change over the last year. Everybody just did the best they could, and, and I think we, we did too. Now, in Pennsylvania, at the Meadows, you use Tim Twaddle as your trainer, and Jason McGinnis is the trainer for the Ohio contingent, right? Yeah, Jason, uh, Jason and I have been friends for quite a long time, and uh, he does a great job. He's a real diligent guy and uh, takes great pride in his work, and, and uh, we've had a lot of luck and a lot of success in Ohio. Tim and I uh, did a little bit of work a couple of years ago, and then he became mainly our Pennsylvania trainer, uh, at least for the horses that will be racing around the Meadows area last year. And, uh, again, just a, a great guy to be around. Both of them are very uh, – you know, very upfront and, and easygoing. So uh, as you can imagine, we have a lot of clients that will check in with their trainers, either in person at the track, which they couldn't do last year, but they usually do, or uh, via phone, email, text, and just both great people to deal with. You know, the OHHA last year broadcast a, a number of our races uh, from the county fairs on Facebook and YouTube, and we're going to do the same this year. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but every county fair race in the state of Ohio will be broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube in the 2021 season as the Ohio Harness Horsemen Association directors budgeted uh, a lot of money so that we can do these broadcasts. And for these partners that you have as far as uh, owning horses, if they can't make it to the racetrack, at least they'll be able now to see their horses race live at the county fairs. Yeah, it's a, it's such a great thing. And people don't realize, you know, the, the excitement and the thrill of, you know, being at the track, being a part of, uh, being a part of the racing experience and what that means for, for anybody, really owners, our clients, anybody. And I'm sure you can attest last year when, when you guys streamed, uh, the races from the county fairs that we were at, 
um, you know, look just looking on the chats for those, and, and I pay close attention to them too, just looking on the chats and seeing the people that were interacting. A, a great number of them were our clients when we were when we were at that fair, and it just goes to show how engaged and how intrigued um, you know fractional owners are. Right? They didn't get in it to to become millionaires or buy yachts or you know sports cars. They got in it because it it, it was entertaining, intriguing, and uh, affordable. And something that was ended up being, for, for the most part, for everybody, really exciting. And I think that will only be exemplified this year when they're actually allowed to go out to the track and, and partake in the racing the way, well, quite frankly, the way it was meant to be. One thing uh, our governor, Governor Mike DeWine, has announced that the county fairs this year will be normal, that uh, to start out in June, uh, 30% attendance in the grandstand. But he said that... Uh, possibly and even before then and if not then uh, a little later we'll go to full attendance probably at the county fairs this year uh, this will also change uh, anthony mcdonald because i i got a feeling you're going to be bringing the, the rest of the family with you to ohio on occasion i yeah uh, that I, I, we're so looking forward to that i know uh, my wife and i have been talking about it uh, a lot you know here in canada we haven't really reached the the, way, the the level that you guys have for vaccination, so there's still a lot of questions swirling around what that means. You know, for instance, if I was vaccinated right now, I would still have to quarantine theoretically when I come back into Canada, which sounds a little mm-hmm. silly, but they just haven't got to the point where we're starting to discuss, um, you know, the travel when, it, when it, in regards to vaccinated people. So, um, you know, I, I'm really, really hoping uh, things move forward in a big way here and that we can start getting everybody vaccinated. I mean, the reality of the situation is I likely get vaccinated in Ohio. Maybe my wife will also, but um, being able to travel back and forth will be key for us, um, not just business-wise, but for, for our personal life. And, um, you know, after the, the fun that I had, even with, even with no fans, which sounds so silly, but uh, even the fun we had last year, it'd just be so much, so much better to have my family involved this year. I know my daughter's looking forward to it. My wife's looking forward to it and, and my son and, um, you know, just, it's a great experience. I didn't realize, you know, because, uh, you know, you guys don't realize how lucky you are. You have so many fairs. We don't have any fairs anymore in Ontario. You know, you have B-tracks and that's it. But to go to every little town, you know, and my, my wife laughs at me when I say, you know, you get your own, a street full of restaurants and cafes and you have this small town mentality and then you go to the races. That's how it felt when I was a kid. So, um, it just it just brings me back to to my childhood, and I, I really enjoy going there each and every one of them. I know on those broadcasts last year, it seemed like you were at almost every county fair we went to. Do you have any idea how much time you actually spent in Ohio last year? Oh, I would say the vast majority of my time was spent in Ohio last year. I mean, towards the end of the stake season when our horses were put away, like towards uh, just after Jugette Week. I shifted gears and I spent a little more time in Pennsylvania as we still had some state horses there and some overnight horses there. But the vast majority of my summer is spent in Ohio. And, and listen, I, I'm certainly not – I love – you know, I'm, I'm originally from Canada. I'm a Canadian, but I, I do appreciate the opportunity and, and really do love racing horses in Ohio also. You know, I, if my memory serves me correctly, in 2020 – you probably had something like 19 Ohio breads. Uh, has that increased uh, for 2021? 
Absolutely, yeah. We still have those two-year-olds coming back as sophomores, and we have 16 or 17 two-year-olds. So I, I would uh, assume Jason's barn will probably swell upwards of 30, 35 horses, uh, and them all being Ohio breds by the time I arrive there in, in mid-June. Ohio is uh, where it's at, so to speak, because not only the uh, Ohio Fair Circuit of 66 county fairs, but we've got the Buckeye Stallion Series and the Ohio Sire Stakes Program. So there's a lot of opportunities here in the Buckeye State. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we enjoy racing here. It's not just that we've had luck. Or, you know, it, it's that, you know, the entire package. If, you don't, if you're not lucky enough to have a horse that is a Sire Stakes or a Buckeye caliber horse, you can still do well and and, uh, and have an opportunity to race for some decent money at the fairs. And that's not something you can do everywhere. I know Pennsylvania has a, has a staking program also, and I don't want to – I'm certainly not trying to, to uh, talk down any one program and, and, as opposed to another, but uh, the benefits that we see from the Ohio program are immense. And with, with Pennsylvania being so spread out, it just isn't that easy for us to look at any sort of fa- fair staking program for our horses. And, and in, uh, as I said, in Ontario, it's gold grassroots or go home. And, um, you know, every, every, every program offers a little something, and we have horses everywhere. But uh, we do feel like there's some sort of a comfort zone when it comes to, um, you know, what we've been doing in Ohio and what we're able to do in Ohio and, and the future in Ohio for, for not just myself and Jason, but the stable.ca for sure. When fractional ownership started for you, how far back do we go on that? How many years back? Um, about five, five and a half years. And you started out with a small number of individuals, and it's uh, grown to – have you reached 1,000 yet or you're zero again? No, no. We're just creeping over 900 still. Uh, you know, I think if, if Kelly Spencer had had an opportunity and I had had an opportunity to, you know, market and advertise the, the, the stable.ca and get out there and really – um, you know, meet with people and mingle with people. I think we could have easily got to a thousand, but just the fact that we were still able to creep forward in such a such a weird time uh, for all of us um, says a lot. So you know, we're proud of what what has taken place so far. We've had our bumps and bruises, same as everybody else, but at the same time, you know, I think uh, fractional ownership definitely is a, is a bright spot in the industry, and I, and I hope a, a number of other people take it up. I do see some other fraction ownership sites popping up and, and uh, you know, obviously I wish them all the luck. Yeah. I noticed that myself, uh, more, more just recent years and they're all getting into that, uh, Anthony McDonald playbook, but, uh, yours, uh, continues to grow and such. Uh, and I think the, the main thing I see from it, and I think you'll agree that no matter what the percentage, which is owned by an individual, that thrill of victory is still the same, isn't it? It seems to be. I mean, that was the whole thing is that I think a lot of people that were skeptical of fractional ownership and what it could do from the start, they were looking at, you know, well, you know, I would rather own 100%. Everybody wants to own 100%, but nobody wants 100% of the cost, right? It is expensive to own a racehorse for, for everyday people, myself, you, anybody. But the opportunity to own 1, 3, 4, 10, 12, whatever, whatever percentage you're comfortable with and be able to budget accordingly isn't something that has always been around. And I think that that is the one thing that has changed a lot of uh, the industry and really opened a lot of doors and, and paved a lot of roads that weren't simply weren't there for any of us uh, as horsemen before. So, you know, we, we played our, our own little role in that. And I hope, uh, I hope it works out for everybody because it's a great industry. And, you know, truthfully speaking, I think everybody that gets involved 
find something either they were looking for or didn't even know they were looking for right here at horse racing. You know, you have also developed what is known this year, I believe, as the Ohio package, which is six two-year-olds and three older horses. Uh, how's that faring? Going good. Uh, we've been very fortunate. You know, every year you have your, you know, as a trainer, if you start with a bunch of horses, some get injured, some get hurt, some get sick. Uh, we've been very fortunate. We're still going pretty strong with about 47 yearlings, as I said, 15 or 16 Ohio breds, and uh, they're holding their own in their training. I know you've been watching, Roger, and I know uh, <laughs> the Ohio breds that we have that we have training down are, are doing a very good job, so I'm really excited about the 2021 season. Now, the whole idea of that is you've got six, uh, three, two-year-olds and three older horses, and the older horses are racing, uh, cruising in styles, doing quite well up at Saratoga. Actually, you just missed him race. He finished fifth uh, just a minute ago, I believe. He won last week, uh, had the eight-hole today on a half-mile track. Never an easy challenge for any horse, but, you know, he was uh, one of the first horses we had. He was a, a good two-year-old for us, a pretty good three-year-old for us. And, um, you know, last year I don't think was his best year. I think it wasn't anybody's best year. But, um, you know, I was hoping he'd build a little more off last week's performance, but that's racing, right? That's you know, the great thing about racing is you've you got to take the good with the bad, and, and fortunately for us, I think the good outweighs the bad. At least the feeling you get from winning outweighs the feeling you get from losing, um, you know, and it's just part of the part of the entire package of horse racing. And I think that's why that's why so many people are drawn towards horse racing is the, you know, the unknown, the, 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 the adrenaline, the rush that you get from watching it and really not knowing what your horse is going to do. It's you know, these are things that, that uh, you know, everybody are, everybody is interested in, in, in society, and I think it shows, uh, definitely shows when you look at the amount of people that we have involved in the, the walks of life that they come from. It's a pretty pretty uh, wide section of, of uh, society for sure. As someone that is interested in joining the, the stable, uh, how do they get a hold of you, and uh, what processes do they have to go through to be, be a fractional owner? Well, it's really not that difficult at all. Um, you can reach out to us at uh, thestable.ca, like Canada. Uh, we would have made it .com, but somebody already beat us to that. So <laughs> thestable.ca, uh, you can find us on all social media platforms. You can reach out to me at anthony at thestable.ca via email. Um, it's really quite easy to get involved, in, and all the information that you might need, uh, any questions you might have should be on our site, and uh, we're always looking for feedback to see how we can better that too. Well, Anthony, we appreciate you giving us some time out of your busy schedule. I really know what a schedule you do uh, keep up with, with the trainings of nearly 62-year-olds up there in Ontario and such. We appreciate the time that you've given us, and uh, it won't be long, and we'll be seeing you at a county fair somewhere in the Buckeye State. Absolutely. You absolutely will. Thanks so much, Roger. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.